Well, hello, friends. Welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans, and I'm coming to you again from the Freightliner studio. And today I am in Elkhart, Iowa. Uh, we drove all all night last night to get here. Oh, we had quite the story. Um, last week we did a clinic in, in Norman, Indiana. And on the way there, uh, I had a check engine light come on in my truck, and but we uh, we made it to we made it to the clinic in in Norman, and that's what I'm going to talk about today is the debrief. And but I took my truck into the shop there uh, <clears throat> in Bedford, Indiana, and um, I had some trouble with my turbo. And uh, had trouble getting apart, and I'm calling every every Cummins diesel shop around. I'm calling every independent diesel shop around, and and I, I can't find this part. And anyways, my dad calls me, and and uh, I'm frustrated. You know, I'm saying, "Geez, Dad, I I'm broke down here in in Indiana. Basically, I I can't find this part, and gosh, I just don't know what to do." Um, I need to get this truck fixed while I'm here and, and, uh, can't find the part. And he says, Hey, you know, I, uh, I met a guy fishing on Saturday that works down at Freightliner in Salt Lake city. Let me give him a call and see if he has the part. And, uh, sure enough, um, my dad, my dad, uh, sent me a text message. He says, yeah, he has your part. Give him a call. And so I called the guy, his name is Cody. I don't know his last name. But Cody at Freightliner Salt Lake City got me hooked up with a part. A turbo actuator is the name of the part. And um, he overnighted it. I got it there overnight. And uh, just what, what a blessing. I'm sure glad to know. I'm sure glad my dad knows so many people because he's always getting us hooked up with with what we need for sure. And that was a blessing. And so I made the appointment to get my truck worked on and they get to tearing it apart and they find uh my turbo is leaking a little bit and my turbo is soon to go out and <laughs> so it's just okay actually you need a whole you need a whole new turbo oh man that's bad news but um can you fix it yeah we can do it we can get the part in on monday well we're supposed to leave for iowa on sunday after this clinic here <clears throat> so we stay by the way, my they have my truck in the shop, so we don't got a vehicle. We don't got a vehicle while we're camped there. And um, anyways, they got okay. We can wait. We can wait till Monday night to leave. Yesterday, which was Monday, I catch a ride into town from uh, from Jeff, the owner of Midwest Trail Rides. Very grateful to him. Um, he gave me a ride into town. And as we're pulling into town, just getting back into cell reception, because I didn't have much for cell reception at the camp, I get a call from the the uh, diesel shop, and they say, well, we got your turbo in, but it's the wrong turbo. <laughs> oh, man. And see, well, we're, we're loaded up. Sky is waiting back at the camp for me to get home, to get back to it, so we can hook on the trailer and hit the road, and 
wrong turbo they say um well they buttoned it back up and and uh put my turbo back on and and uh we're crossing our fingers that we can get on home we're uh we have a clinic here in iowa this week and we have a clinic in lubbock texas next week and then we head home and we're crossing our fingers that the old truck can make it home a little uh, you know make it there it's only a couple thousand more miles so in the middle of all this <laughs> chaos <laughs> in the middle of all this at uh, the potluck on friday night if you guys have been to my clinics then you know how important friday night potlucks are potluck friday night and um swayze comes to sky and says my mouth is itchy and those of you that know my daughter swayze um she's allergic to tree nuts and so sky says well what'd you eat well i had this cookie she went and looked at the cookie and sure enough there's walnuts in the cookie and swayze had a full-blown allergic reaction there we didn't have our truck like i said it's in the shop um we did have her EpiPens and we had plenty of benadryl and her inhaler because when her allergies set on much like my allergies um she just she, you know just has a um has an asthma spell right along with it and that's what she did too she went on went on into asthma and anyways uh luckily we had all the the things we needed to take care of her we were about two seconds away from going to the hospital though and i mean many people probably would have said yeah you should have went to the hospital but anyway she pulled out of it and um boy that was scary especially not having a truck although uh what a what a blessing it was to have so many people there that cared. Um, a lot of people knew about Swayze's little allergic reaction. And um, they offered, hey, if you need to go in the hospital, just come any time of the night, knock on the door, and we'll go. And and uh, a lot of people came and showed their concern. But it was a long night for Sky and I. Um, Sky slept more than I did, but it was a long uh, a long day doing the clinic, then a long night taking care of Swayze, and then another long day doing the clinic. And so we were uh, we were pretty well wore out by Saturday night. But uh, that was just a little of the adventures this week. It was just kind of a little stressful. And I, I kind of feel bad for uh, the participants in Norman, Indiana, because I don't feel like they got to experience me and sky and how we usually are because we were a little a little high on the stress uh at this particular clinic and um i noticed myself being a little sharper um on my instructions than i usually am usually i'm much more light-hearted and a bit softer but i found myself being pretty short and i feel, feel like it was just because of the stress and you know that's a lesson that um you know, we all need to learn and I'm not really sure how to fix that up a whole lot. I'm not here to tell you how to fix it up. I'm not, you know, your, your mental counselor. Um, but, uh, but that is something that I, I wish I had better control over. And, um, you know, the only way to get a little bit better at, at dealing with that is of course, to deal with more stress and be put in those situations where you have to kind of mind yourself, um, a little better. 
and get better at it. But so many times we do get stressed in our daily lives and the things that we're, we have going on with our, wherever you're at in the world, with your jobs, with your family, with medical issues, with, oh shoot, like us, truck and truck issues and, uh, and health issues with our daughter. And, um, you know, but when we go work with those mules or those horses, um, you know, they, they, they don't know all about the stresses of your day or, or why you're stressed out. They just know that you're stressed out. They know that when you, um, when you come near them, when you are within range of them, uh, they feel that and, and they can feel that. And that is a, that's an energy that will, will want to drive them away. They won't want to, they're not going to want to hang out near that. They won't want to be near that stress. It will drive them away typically, especially the more sensitive ones. I'm not saying all of them will. Um, you know, I got a pen of mules that wouldn't be bothered. I mean, they're not bothered by my stress a whole lot. Um, on the, on the basic stuff, I mean, on the, you know, on the face value, they're not too bothered. Now, maybe internally they may feel that pressure and it might, uh, influence the performance for sure that I get out of the mules. But, you know, no matter what's going on in our life, when we go out there to the barn, you guys go out there, hang out with your mules. You got to try your very best to leave it behind you. And that's something just like me this last week in Indiana with all the stresses going on in life, I had to, it, it was hard and I, I don't feel like I did a great job at it, but I had to just, um, leave, leave that, uh, leave that behind. I had to, when I walked into the arena and got to work, I had to, I had to do a good job. And like I said, I don't know, I did, I don't think I did my best. And I feel bad for a lot of the participants. I don't feel like they got their best uh, tie experience um, because, like I said, I was a little shorter. But hey, we're learning, right? We're not, uh, none of us are perfect. Um, we're trying. We're trying to get better, trying to improve. And I'm, I'm doing the same thing. So with that introduction to a little bit of a stressful week in Indiana, I want to talk about all the, the good stuff. So first of all, I want to thank Rich and Larry Ann Ferguson for putting on this clinic. They were our clinic hosts and uh, Larry, Larry Ann did a great job of organizing the clinic and making it a success. And Rich was instrumental in helping me get back and forth to town. Uh, while he was there, he had to leave. Um, and uh, then I caught a ride from Jeff uh, at Midwest Trail Rise, like I mentioned. And, uh, but, but Rich and Larry Ann, they sure helped us out a whole bunch that while we were there, it was, it was great to, it was great to have them as hosts. And, um, I've been to Indiana before I'd done a clinic in Indiana. Um, I think in 2000, I think it was 17 or 18. I can't remember time flies, but you know, I only had like three people show up. <laughs> it was not a, it, it was not a, uh, a, a, uh, apparently a well um, received clinic. Um, you know, we didn't get a lot of folks there, obviously. So I was a little hesitant in coming back to Indiana. I told Larry Ann when she asked me if I wanted it to come back, I said, Hey, listen, last time I was here, um, 
you know, it didn't go so, so great. I didn't, I only had like three people show up to the clinic and, you know, it, uh, yeah, it was not a, a really good turnout. Um, you, you sure you have, a you sure you have enough interest in me coming over there? And she said, oh yeah, we can, we can, we can do good. Don't you worry. We'll, we'll get your clinic going for you and, and, uh, we'll get people here that want to, that want to, um, partake of what you have to offer. All right. I said, so we organized this, this is two years ago, starting to organize this really. And, um, so we got a book and, uh, Larry Ann did not lie to me. Uh, she filled, she filled both classes. In fact, um, you know, we open our registrations up early, like right now, if you go to tsmeals.com, our 2022 schedule is already up online. So much like now, I put her clinic on last year and it filled up by Christmas. It was full. And I thought, man, that is pretty dang cool. You know, um, there were lots of new names. I looked at that list and I, uh, I, I'll admit I, I didn't know most of them. In fact, I only knew I only recognized about four of the names out of the 25 or 30. And so I, that's a lot of new people. And, um, you know, when we got there, I, I was, I, I was, uh, yeah, I had to learn a lot of new names this week and a lot of new mule names. And, um, but it, there were some great people. Uh, I was a little worried. Um, I was a little worried when I, uh, <laughs> we had our little meet and greet. If you have never been to one of our clinics on Wednesday evening, usually my clinics are Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Wednesday evening, we we have our check-in and our meet and greet. And most, I mean, uh, the, whole, the whole foundation class made it to the meet and greet here. Everybody that was in the foundation, the groundwork showed up. Um, but... Uh, only like four, four or five of them from the mulemanship class, which was a mulemanship class of, I think there was 15 registered or something like that. Only four or five of them were there. So there's like 10 people that didn't show up to the meet and greet. And so I was a little worried, like, oh no, um, it looked good on paper. We were full. And then, uh, they're not here. Uh, maybe they're not going to show up, but I was reassured the next day they did show up. They're just latecomers. Um, and it was a, it was a laid back group for sure. There was a lot of folks that kind of strolled in late, but you know, uh, those that were on time, I, I'm always sure to thank you for being on time. I really appreciate those of you that come and, you know, uh, we come a long ways, right? Um, it's a long ways from Utah to Indiana. So we come a long ways. So I appreciate those that, um, I appreciate those that appreciate us, you know, uh, they're on time, ready to learn, ready to, ready to take in what we have to offer. Um, it's always a little surprising to me, those that will stroll in a little bit late and, um, you know, uh, uh, this, this may offend some of you that are late comers usually <laughs> or late people. Um, but you know, I have noticed a correlation in uh in the way you you and your mule get along uh people that are on time or early versus people that are late the correlation is it seems like those late comers usually have higher stressed animals 
And I don't know if this is also because you're higher stressed and you are in a hurry um, because you are late. You're in a hurry and you're kind of worried and you kind of portray that to the animal. Um, I don't know what it is. Or maybe maybe it's back to the awareness thing that I've talked about in the past. You know, you guys have all heard me talk about awareness. And in uh, I think awareness of a little bit of time might play into some of this mental this mental comfort or discomfort um, when you are aware of your time and you um, you value that time and you use that time wisely. Um, you know, I'm no researcher on this stuff. I don't know. But maybe there's something out there that says, you know, when you pay attention to time, you also are better at paying attention to other things like your mule. Um so maybe there's some correlation there. I don't have anything to tell you on that other than my own experiences. When people show up late to the clinics, they have a harder time. <laughs> and sometimes you guys, they show up late to the clinic because they're having a hard time. Their mule is, uh, their mules dragging them down the barn, uh, you know, or something that while they're trying to get to the arena, they can't catch their mule to get to the arena or they, you know, whatever, maybe their mule is the reason they're late. And that, that happens often too. And, 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 uh, you know, but, uh, a lot of times the trouble that the, the trouble that animals I see and people that I see are often the same ones that, uh, aren't on time. So just a little, just a little bit about being on time, I guess. But, uh, and, <laughs> the first day, uh, the first day of our foundation class, um, Norman, Indiana gets the record for sure. Um, of the roughest first day start of a foundation class ever. <laughs> um, there's a, a, a friend of mine that had been to a clinic before her name is Deb Mashmeyer. And, um, I give her plenty of crap because she had been to a clinic and worked with me before. And then she come again here and she was having some trouble, but her and her, her mule Jane <clears throat> was, was just pulling away from her on the ground over and over again. Like, like the record amount of times that she lost th that I've ever seen anybody lose an animal. Deb wins that, um, on the first day, just, just over and over the mule kept pulling out of, out of her hand. And so I come in there. And we're starting the foundation class. Whenever I start the foundation class, I have everybody start out on the rail, leading their mules around so I can see how, how well they lead or don't lead. And um, so right off the bat, there's, there's about five people there that need my immediate help. About five of them there that are struggling. So I'm going to go down the line of importance um, with, with who, 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 who can survive the longest, okay, w without me. It's going to be the last served and who needs my immediate help? You know, it's kind of like an ER waiting room right there. <laughs> so Deb is losing this meal over and over. So of course I go help Deb immediately. And while I'm helping Deb and I'm getting Jane kind of lined out, just doing a little groundwork to get this mule Jane, not dragging Deb around. I give Deb some instructions on how to handle this which is mostly just awareness. She was not paying attention to that mule. The mule would s start slightly dragging her. Um, 
and uh and, and she wasn't really aware she, she was she was waiting way too long to try to redirect that mule and that is a big problem when you have a mule that wants to drag your bolt on the ground you've got to be paying attention and it's usually just being being aware like that that will solve things because you'll see when they're about to leave and you'll fix it up so it doesn't ever look like they are even trying to leave that's that's the that's the main thing there now something i'll mention about about deb and jane here is when when i went to hand i was using sky's meal cupcake in the foundation class and when i went to hand cupcake to deb so she could hold her while i worked with jane I, I kind of stuck my finger out down the lead rope a little bit. And so she got a hold of the, the lead rope and my finger and she was already squeezing that lead rope in my finger tight. Now I don't blame her. She'd just been drug around all over the arena, just lost the mule about a dozen times within the first 10 minutes of class. Um, I don't blame her, but she took a hold of that rope tight. She was hanging on that thing tight pull. I mean, just, she, she squoze that rain and that my finger in there real tight. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you can't hold my mule like that. And I said, this probably part of the reason why Jane doesn't want to hang out is the way you're holding on to her. You know, the way you pick up on that lead rope needs to be inviting to the mule, not intimidating or, um, you know, not offensive to the mule. It needs to be inviting. And I said, if you're holding the rope like this, no wonder she's trying to get away from you. And you might even have slack in your reins, friends. But if you squeeze and hold that rope tight, and with, like you got your teeth gritted at the same time, you're ready for battle, that is not inviting to the creature. So you you got you to gotta be light. At the same time, you got to be ready because a meal that does, you believe me, if, if I get a hold of a meal that has been dragging somebody around and bolting, I'm ready to. But I pick up that rein as if they are the best mules I have ever handled. And I tell people that in the clinics that, you know, I, I don't care if I'm handling your mule or your mule or your mule. I'm going to treat them as if they are the best mule ever. If you've been to one of my clinics, you have probably been, <laughs> I have probably made you pet your mule and say, you are the best mule I've ever known. Even if you're lying, <laughs> I make you say that to your animals, but you got to prove it too. Treat them, treat the mule the way you want them to be. If I want that mule to be light on that rain, I got to treat them like they're going to be light on the rain. That doesn't mean I'm not ready. It doesn't mean I, I'm not ready to redirect, but I'm paying attention and I'm prepared. So that's uh that's really really important to to know there so um so while i'm helping deb with with jane um i notice uh there's another individual named um named uh, elaine and she's got a mule named sarah and sarah is absolutely dragging elaine around too um not getting away she didn't she didn't get away or anything but just dragging her around and i noticed elaine has her halter hung way low on the nose like uh, almost down to the nostrils 
and the you know the throat latch is hanging down by the cheek pieces uh, or, or on the cheeks rather where the cheek piece should be and um you know so this this mule has baggy pants on like i like to say and just totally trashing elaine and i i, I said that about the halter and um I didn't need her to fix it right away, but she went to fixing it right away. So she undoes her halter, but this mule is just freight training her, just, just dragging her around. Absolutely. This is a big mule too. This mule is probably 15, three, probably about the same size as Riata. Riata's 15, three. If you guys know that mule of mine. Um, and, uh, so she asked a fellow there named Walt. Walt is, is a sheriff down in Kentucky. If, if, he'll help her just the halter. Now I'm busy with Deb's meal at the same time. And I see this going on. I say, Oh, you can fix that later. She obviously didn't hear me. She kept going with it. And, uh, Sarah just smashes all Walt into the panels too. And Elena's trying to hang on to the mule. Walt's trying to hang on the mule. They're both just getting smashed and beat up against the panel. So I said, okay, here, Deb, you got to have your meal back. And, and then I had, uh, uh, Caden, a young man there, 14 year old young man. He had him come hold cupcake for me. And, uh, I go, go over to help with Sarah. Now, Sarah is not a respecter of persons. And she absolutely goes right into, to dragging me around, smashing me. She's, she's not going to yield to me either. And I, I'm having a heck of a time getting this mule to yield and to get off of me. She is just running me through too. And, um, Elaine has this, uh, this halter and this little, uh, all these little eight foot leads that you can go buy at any tax store with the snaps on them. And, and I don't like using snaps on the end of my halter when I'm doing my groundwork because, um, you can cut them if you, if you kind of, if you kind of firm up on that rein, you're trying to get that mule back or something that's that snap can flip up and smack them in the lips. The snap also kind of kills the feel a little bit, that hardware interrupting the rope and the, you know, your true lead. A lot of you have heard me speak of the true lead. The true lead is your lead rope going up under the jaw and around the throat latch. That's your true lead. See, I, I lead my mules from the pole, not from the nose, from the pole. So that's the, the true lead there. Anyways, that snap will in, interrupt your true lead a little bit. And, um, anyways, uh, Boy, I, I was having a heck of a time. So I sent my buddy Ed. I'm going to speak of Ed and Caden here in a little bit. Um, but I had him go get one of my halters from my trailer and got the halt, halter switched out on this mule named Sarah and and then went to work. And, and um, in the meantime, there's about three other mules that could have used my help, <laughs> three other people that would have loved for me to tap in there and help. Um, but I, I was so occupied with these two mules at first that I couldn't help them. And, um, as, as we were working, I was keeping my eye on the rest of them too. And they got lined out so they could, you know, be handled easy enough. And, um, <clears throat> man, I gathered them around and I showed them, uh, I just started talking to everybody and while I was talking to everybody, I was showing this very first step of our groundwork process, which is clearing the front. And um, I, I, I worked on that first step with this mule, Sarah. 
I kid you not, I probably did over a hundred rounds of clearing the front within a matter of about 15, 20 minutes talking to people. Um, because that mule was so heavy on that forehand, so heavy on that shoulder that she would just plow right through you. And, um, I couldn't keep the mule off me, but I could redirect that life. So this mule was pushing me, running me over. I couldn't do much about that, but I could send her to the left or to the right and work on, uh, clearing that front while I was at it. And, uh, that, that basically saved the day with this mule, Sarah. And, um, I'm going to take a quick break right now and thank some sponsors but when i come back i'm going to speak of elaine and sarah some more and tell you a little bit about the progress they made over the three days because quite frankly it was very impressive the changes that they made so we'll be right back hang tight i need to thank my friend mr ben lewis at roman home Mr. Ben has designed a really awesome tent. It's a cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. It's built to take tough weather, high winds. Craftsmanship is amazing. And it's made right here in the USA. Right here in Utah, USA. And uh, right now, Ben has a special going on. You can save 500 bucks. And... Uh, Go to romanhome.com. Roman spelled R-O-A-M-I-N. Romanhome.com. And uh, tell Ben hello. Tell him Ty sent you. Okay, friends, we're back. I am uh, giving you a little debrief on the Norman, Indiana Clinic. I was just telling you about a mule named Sarah and uh, her owner, Elaine. Now, you heard me talking about just getting beat up by this creature. <laughs> it was a rough start. It was a really rough start. And I tried to explain to Elaine that, you know, we, we might call a mule like this, we might call the mule pushy. We might call it disrespectful. Although, mules, you guys know now, I mean, it's you know, it was not as well known years ago, but it is an obvious fact now that mules are not capable of respect nor disrespect. They don't have a large frontal lobe like we do. They don't, they're not able to process that abstract thought of respect. You and I can do that, but they can't. And uh, so it's not the mule disrespects me or, 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 wants to be belligerent or wants to be the mule's just seeking comfort now this mule was totally convinced that comfort was everywhere else but with us humans so as i'm working with this mule sarah and i told you i was working on the very first step of the groundwork step one clear the front that's basically getting the shoulders to yield out and away from you one way or the other okay this is basically all i did for about 20 minutes i mentioned i did over 100 rounds of this and uh, as I'm working on this, you ask you ask the mule a question, and then you got to help them find the answer. When they find the answer, so when that mule clears the front, when they yield to you, you got to tell them good job. Well, how do you tell them good job? You got to back off. Leave them alone. That's exactly what I did over and over and over again as I'm 
talking to these people as I'm, you know, introducing them to the class, basically, as we're visiting, as I'm answering questions, I'm doing this with this mule, Sarah. Now, I give her back to Elaine. And the changes just in that first day were amazing. Now, Elaine was signed up for both classes, foundation and mulemanship one. At the beginning of that foundation class, I was thinking to myself, there is no way I am letting this lady ride this mule. No way. Because I wouldn't. There's no way I would ride that mule. The way it was in the beginning of that class, there's no way you could pay me enough to ride that mule. You know, maybe 10 years ago, you could have paid me or I would have done it for free. But <laughs> now, you know, when I see a mule with that issue, there's no reason for me to get on it. Because if they can't operate with some lightness on the ground, what kind of fool am I to think they're going to operate with lightness in the saddle? That's just dumb. They're, they're not going to operate that way. So you got to build it on the ground. You, you ride what you lead. And so as I'm watching this mule in the beginning, I'm thinking, there's no way Elaine can get on this mule. No, I'm letting her. Now, I did that little bit of work in the beginning. And then Elaine worked diligently the rest of the foundation class. So three hours later, here we are. Major change. It was so cool. One of the most dramatic changes I have seen in one single session ever. I see a lot of dramatic changes over the period of three days, but in one session, it's rare. And I saw a ton of change in that mule and in Elaine. Elaine was so humble and so meek and so willing to learn and willing to improve. Um, a lot of people get defensive about their mules. It's like they show up and they know they got a problem. But as soon as we start addressing the problem and I kind of bring it to the forefront, they get a little defensive about their mules. Elaine didn't do that. You know, an example of this, uh, there, uh, there was a friend there at the clinic that was a retired police officer. And he said, well, we, you know, we were talking a little bit about this type of thing. He said, it's kind of like when we, you know, when I was a police officer, we get called on these domestic calls. You know, a wife would call, say that, you know, her husband is, is, uh, you know, beating on her and um, abusing her. And then we would get to he would get to the to the call he'd get to the place and as he's arresting the husband for this abuse the wife jumps on his back and starts clawing him so now she's defending the husband that she just wanted help about help with so um now i i'm not going to talk much about that that's not that's not the point of this podcast but i'm saying a lot of times it's like that with the mules uh folks will come they got a little problem with their mule. We get there. We start addressing the problem. We, I like to dissect the problem to find out what's really going on. And a lot of times when uh, when we do this, um, when we do this, uh, people get a little defensive about their mules because the mules are kind of their, the mules are kind of their, you know, their, their baby. They're kind of like their, their kids in, in a sense. Elaine didn't do this. She was very humble, very meek, very willing to learn, very willing to figure out what to do to be better, willing to to work at it, to improve. And, um, you know, by so I let her ride the mule by day three. Elaine and Sarah were a completely different, just a completely different uh, partnership. She actually sent us an email or a message yesterday as we were driving 
to here to Iowa yesterday, sent us a message saying that um, she was wore out from the clinic. No surprise. Um, we all get wore out, even me. Um, but she said, so her, her 82-year-old husband, who usually would not want to lead Sarah, um, was able to lead Sarah from their barn and head on out to the pasture. And he actually tripped along the way, tripped and fell down. And Elaine said, normally Sarah probably would have ran him over. It would have been probably really hard to, for him to get back up. He, he probably would have been ran over, stepped on. And Sarah just stopped and waited for him and did not run him over. And he was able to take his time and, and get there. That's what it's all about, friends. You, you put this work in so that it, it pays off in the future. Okay. You, you got to do the, do the work now so that you can re, reap the rewards later. This is one of those examples. So I just want to say great job to Elaine and Sarah. What a change from the beginning of, of the clinic. What a, what a great change, you know, um, it was just, just so impressive. So, um, there's plenty of others I want to talk about here. Um, I got a couple people I want to talk about, uh, transitions with, um, Walt and his mule dog. Now I mentioned Walt, Walt, this is, this is the Walt that got smashed into the panels by Elaine's mule, Sarah. Okay. Walt's a great man, sheriff down in Kentucky. Um, he came to me with some concern about transitions. He, 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 uh, was very honest, very open. He was worried to lope his mule doc. Okay. He was very worried about that. Not sure it would go good. Last time he loped, he said the, the last time he had loped is when he came to my clinic in Mammoth Cave, Kentucky back in 2016. This is five years ago. That's the last time he loped. And when he loped there, his mule kind of did a little crow hop and stuff. Okay. Different mule, I believe. Um, so he was pretty nervous about working on that lope. And, uh, I said, don't worry. By the time we get to that point in class, you're going to be ready. And that is the huge thing is, is I, I try to work with the mules and the people the same way. I want you guys to be successful. I want my mules to be successful. Okay. I love success. I enjoy seeing people be successful. And uh, in this day, there's so many people that don't want to see you succeed. They don't want to see you have success. You just, you hear it all the time. Um, you know, people, I mean, you might hear it in your daily life. Somebody comes by and they see your truck and they say, how would it be? You know, or they see your farm. How would it be? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And they kind of give you a backhanded compliment on your success. And you say, you know what? My gosh, I worked hard for this farm. I worked my whole life to be successful at these things. I love to see you guys succeed. I love to see my mules succeed. No, no, this is the key. What I'm talking about is you need to, you need to enjoy success to be successful. I've noticed successful people appreciate other people being successful. And I see the same thing in the mules. Okay. I like to, I like my mules to be successful. Okay. And I want them to be a winner. Okay. So he was, Walt was concerned about the loping. I said, don't worry. 
I'm going to help you be ready so that you can be successful. And he was pretty sure he wasn't going to lope. In fact, he was probably dead set on not loping. And over the course of the three days, we worked on transitions. On day one in the Mulemanship 1 class, we work on slow, medium, and fast walk and a slow trot. Day two, we work on all the walking, all the trotting. Sometimes I let a few select people lope, and I didn't do that here. And on day three, we work on the walk and the trot, and then we get the lope in toward the end of class. And most people are able to do it. And I said, all right, Walt, it's your turn. Go ahead and lope, Doc. And he said, all right, no better place than now to try this. And uh, he, he did it. And that little dock mule just loped off so nicely. Just a nice little slow lope. Just a beautiful little lope. Very comfortable. The mule was happy. Walt was tense in the beginning, but then he loosened up. I give him some instructions on that. And he loosened up. He relaxed and it looked so good. So the, the message here is to get your mule ready get them ready and you will be successful i promise you get them ready take the time it takes to get them ready i if i would have had if i would have told walt to lope on the first day he wouldn't have done it i bet he would have told me no and his he may have had trouble with his mule simply for the fact that walt thought that there would be trouble with his mule but we got him ready and i think he knew his mule was ready which made all the difference he knew he was going to be successful and that is a key factor as well, is get them ready. Be so stinking ready that you just can't help but be successful. Get them so ready that, it'd be, that it would be hard to fail. Get them so ready that there, there's no other option except for success. So good job, Walt. Proud of you. That dock mule is a great mule. Walt had a lot of interest in making a bridal mule. And he asked me a lot of questions. In fact, during the potluck, uh, <laughs> I uh, actually didn't get dinner because I was talking to Walt about making bridal mules. And then Swayze had her uh, allergic reaction deal. So um, I didn't I didn't get to I didn't get to have dinner at this potluck this time. I, I, I missed out on this entire potluck. The first potluck I haven't been able to actually uh, be a part of. But he had a lot of interest in making a bridal mule. And talking about all the different aspects of making a bridal mule and the functions of bits and the function of a snaffle, the function of a hackamore, the function of a of a these bridal bits like a half breed or a spade, how to use them, how they're supposed to be used. And he had a lot of interest there. And I could do a few shows on talking about making bridal mules, and I think I will here in the future. Um, but good job, Walt. Um, the other, the other individual I want to mention about the whole transition deal is, is our host, Larry Ann. And now Larry Ann was a little different there, um, on the transitions. I don't know that she was convinced completely that she was ready, but I tried to set it up so that she would be successful. I tried to set it up and wait for her. So when it, when it came time, for her to lope. I said, okay, Larry Ann, go ahead and lope. And she said, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to do that here. I don't know if here is the best place. And I said, I said, are you kidding me? 
I drove all the way from Utah to Indiana to help you. This is what I do. This is all I do is help people with their mules and, and do the stuff. Who else are you going to go work on this with right around here? You I mean, what are you going to do? Go home and do it by yourself? Or, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe she has other coaches or other mentors, but I, in, in my mind, I'm thinking who the, who else are you going to have here to help you? I'm, I'm here to help you. This is what I do. And so I told her as much. I said, I, I'm here to help you. I don't know. I don't know uh, when you'd have a more opportune time to ride. I mean, here I am offering uh, professional help to you. Use it. And I was not saying it in a way to be cocky or proud. I was saying it matter of factly. Here I am. This is what I do. Let me help you. It's like taking your car to the mechanic and you you got you know the problem, the problem's there, you need help with it, but you say, I don't know, I don't know if uh I don't know if right now is the best time to to work on this, or I don't know if you're the best person. I don't know if I should fix this here. Maybe I should go home and fix this. You're right there at the mechanics. So I said that and I said, Well, you you do it, you feel you feel is best. You know, I, I, I'm not going to push anybody into anything, just like I'm not going to push any mules into anything. I'm just going to set it up and let them make the choice. You set it up and you let them make the choice. And so I set it up for Larianne. Now, so the first, the first side going around, um, she didn't lope on that side. She just worked at the trot. When it came her turn to go the other way, this time I said, go ahead and trot. I want you to trot as fast as you can. So if you're, if you're not going to lope, that's fine, but I want you to trot an extended trot as fast as you possibly can trot without loping. So I set it up this way and I, she's going around and said, Oh, you can trot faster than that. You can trot faster than that. You can trot a little faster than that. <laughs> About two seconds later, there she is loping down the arena. I said, well, look, you're trotting so fast. It looks like you're loping. She kind of giggled. And, um, just then she, she found that confidence. She, she could do it and she did it. So the message here uh, for any of you that are looking to attend a clinic with me is I want you to know, I want you to be successful and I want you to be the best that you can be. And I am there to help you. And, you know, likely I traveled a long ways to get there to help you. So use me up while I'm there. There's, there's probably, you're not probably going to have a, an opportunity to work on these things, um, with another professional, um, you know, anytime soon, unless you're like, a uh, you know, often clinic goer, or you go get lessons or something where you're just around professionals all the time. But most people that come to my clinics, it's the only, you know, they go to one clinic a year and get a little help. So it's an opportune time to, to get a little help. So be sure to use me up, use me up. And then know that, Know that I will never ask you at a clinic to do something that I don't think you can handle. Just like I would never ask the mule anything that I don't think that they could say yes to. That's important. Never ask the mule anything that you don't think that they can say yes to. That means I'm not going to ask the mule to lope until I know that they're going to be successful loping. Basically, I don't ask the mule a question that they don't already have the answer to. So that's an important piece right there. So good job, Larian. Now, uh, a couple other shout outs I'd like to give um, would be to Beth. 
and Steve, her mule Steve, the only mule I've ever met named Steve. And I think I mentioned Steve in the Michigan clinic debrief. Beth was just at our clinic in Michigan three weeks ago. In that first clinic in, Missi in Michigan, she had a tough time, and you kind of hear me talking about it, and, and she, she ended pretty well. Um, but she had a tough time, even including her mule, just wanting to jump out of the, jump out of the panels and give her trouble and all kinds of stuff, just, just at camp. And, um, so, you know, her first clinic was all right, but I just want to say when she came to the second clinic, it, it was totally different. And I noticed a confidence about her when she come to the second clinic, because she kind of knew how things are going to run. She kind of knew the things we're going to work on. She kind of knew the things we're going to be doing. And she started, started studying that. And she thought about it over the last three weeks. And she came into that second clinic with so much confidence. You could just see her and Steve as well. His understanding was so far along. You know, Beth was using that slack in her reign to communicate. She was driving less. She was, in better positions to ask her questions. Now she was just doing the groundwork class as she's just preparing Steve to start under saddle. Beth is actually going to drive all the way from Indiana out to Utah next June to come to one of my five day cult starting clinics. And uh, I can't wait for that. Um, that's just, just awesome. Uh, I love the cult starting. You get five days to get things going. And, and I have no doubt that Beth and Steve are going to be ready but the message I want to share there is, is when you kind of know what you're going to get into, you have more confidence that you can do it. Um, so I know a lot of you, you're listening like, well, geez, Ty, I can't, I can't go to two clinics, you know, three weeks apart. I, you, you know, you can't afford that. Can't take time off work. You, you know, whatever. I'm not telling you, you have to take two clinics in a row, uh, well, two clinics, uh, you know, three weeks apart or anything to be successful. But the message that I would like to share is the more familiar you are, the more you kind of know what is going to happen. Um, the more confident you're going to be, the better you're going to get along. Now you don't have to come to two clinics back to back or something, but what you could do is check out the video library. Go to my website, tsmules.com, and watch our video library. Right now, you're listening to this podcast. That gives you a great head start. Being familiar. YouTube videos. You know, I send out a weekly newsletter with training tips every single week. Free newsletter. Read them. Watch the videos that I send out. You know, there's a lot of stuff. You read articles. Um... I write for Western Mule Magazine. You guys have heard me mention them as sponsors on here before. I got articles on my website. So the lesson from Beth would be to get familiar so that you can be successful. Okay. She came in there with so much more confidence the second time. Very impressive. So good job, Beth and Steve. I can't wait to see you two out in Utah. All right. Um, now, uh, the next fellow I like to talk about is Mr. Caden. I mentioned Caden earlier. Caden came in and he held cupcake for me. And he had a little mule named Jimmy. Now, Caden um, has been riding with me since he was uh, eight years old. He's now 14. 
And uh, the first time, you know, Ed Hoff, his father, invited me out to their place in Wisconsin. I showed up there to do a private clinic. We do private clinics on occasion where we just show up and we come to you and work there. And and so uh, Ed hired me out there to come work with him and work with Caden for the day. And, and uh, you know, Caden, you know, as an eight-year-old, he can hardly pay attention. Um, you know, uh, he also has ADHD that he's dealing with. And so it was hard for him to focus. Um, he gets frustrated easy. Um, but he tried. You know, this kid's got a lot of try. And and he's come to some clinic. He came to, uh, in fact, he came to this clinic I'm at right now, Elkhart, Iowa. He came here last year and worked hard and he did good. But this year, I saw a ton of improvement, um, a lot of maturity and a lot of improvement and a lot of understanding a lot of better thinking and feeling of that mule. Um, so I, I just want to give a quick shout out to Caden. I don't know if Caden listens to this podcast. I think Ed might, but good job, Caden and Jimmy. I'm proud of the progress you have made. Um, and if any of you have kids, you know, it's it, it's tough to sign up your youngsters to come to a clinic, I know, and, and put that out for them and uh, take time off work to take them to things like this. But you know, I, th- I think it was just fantastic for Caden and, and I really enjoy the young folks. I get a lot of, it seems like this year I've got a lot of 12, 13, 14 year old, um, young men and young women coming to these clinics and they're keen. They are keen. They're smart. They pay attention. Um, they have a, have an awareness that is really fresh. Um, and I think they see things that, uh, us older folks don't see. Um, in the mule that need to be recognized. And so, um, you know, if you got kids, bring them. It's so fun to see these, see these young folks progress and be successful. So good job to Caden and Jimmy. Now, um, I want to give a shout out to Zach and and Lauren. They came with uh, a couple of donkeys named Rusty and Henry. And, um, these two folks, they're just great. They're just great. Um, my favorite moment of the clinic, <laughs> the, this is the moment of the week, was um, Swayze. Swayze asked if Zach was Lauren's dad. <laughs> Zach's about my age, so he looks like, you know, to Swayze, Zach looks like a dad, right? He's a dad age, uh, about my same age, and, you know, Lauren's about my same age right in there, but but uh, um, <laughs> that was my favorite. So the the rest of the week, I teased Zach about you know being Lauren's dad. Um, for you know, if you didn't catch on, they're husband and wife. But that was that was Swayze's little uh, little thing, and we kind of used that as a joke the rest of the time. But that was fun. But you know, they they have brought these two donkeys, Rusty and Henry, and you know, I love when folks bring the donkeys to class. They the donkeys can teach us so much about how to treat the other mules and how to treat the horses. You know, I think you have to work horses and mules the way you should, or excuse me, you have to work a donkey the way you should work with these horses and these mules. Okay. Um, I love the way they process the donkeys ask why, and they ask a legitimate why, not a sassy why they say, no, no, really, why are we doing this? I need to know why you're doing this. And the answer why is 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 because I would like to. And if you do, I promise I will leave you alone. I will give you peace. I will give you comfort. 
And that's all that the donkey asks is for peace and for comfort. So it's a great lesson for all of us. Uh, another fellow I want to mention is Mick. I can't remember Mick's last name here, um, but he brought a mule named Lori Darling uh, that was nine years old, but basically a cult star. He'd only only ridden her three times. Um, and from what I understood, he raised the mule, had her not, you know, for a long time, but only rode her three times. Time just passed him by. And the first day of the clinic, uh, uh, he, he was in the mulemanship class and he couldn't get her away from the gate, just could not get this mule away from the gate. And the whole time he was struggling. And so finally I asked Beth and I mentioned Beth earlier, Beth and Steve there, I asked Beth to go grab that flag by the gate. And when that mule goes by that gate, I just want you to wave that flag around pretty, pretty firmly wave that flag around. And so, uh, old Mick, he's trying to ride past the gate and the mule stuck there. And I said, go ahead, Beth. And she waved that flag with some serious authority. And, uh, Lori darling, this mule of Mick's took off and, and kind of even gave him a couple little crow hops there. But, um, that mule did not stop near that gate again. The mule just needed a little bit of redirection there, just had to have a little bit of awakening. The mule was just hanging out in the baseline where it wasn't really engaging its mind. It was just totally convinced that that is where the comfort is, just go there. And wasn't really thinking, was not in a good learning frame of mind. And when Beth brought that energy, that life up in that mule, it put that mule in a different chemical state mentally. And from then on, Mick was able to ride that mule around the arena, not get stuck at the gate. And uh, Beth only did that once, and then she went and sat down. And it was great. Um, but what a change from day one to to day three for Mick. So good job to Mick and, and Lori Darling. Now, there's there's so many more people that I'd love to, love to mention here, I'd love to talk about, but... Um, uh, I don't want to be on here all day with, uh, you know, I don't want you to be listening to my podcast forever. Um, I want you to enjoy this. And and so I'm going to leave it at that. Um, but Norman, Indiana, what a great success. If you've never been to Midwest Trail Ride, you got to go see them. They're open for another month. I guess they're closing down, which is really sad because it's a fantastic place. But we enjoyed it there. Grateful to Larry Ann and Rich for hosting the clinic. Grateful to Jeff and Kim for letting us use the facility. And I'm grateful to all the amazing participants and spectators that showed up to learn, to improve, and to get better. And thank you to you right now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for your support. I would love to hear from you. Leave me a, a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Send me an email. If uh, you listen on other platforms, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you think. You can send me an email, ty at tsmeals.com. And, of course, if you want to come to a clinic and learn and improve and get better, check out our website, tsmeals.com. We have our 2022 schedule up now and ready for ready for you to come sign up for a class. So, hey, until we see you again, until we talk to you again, God bless you, and we will see you down the road.